Just cut that one. Bad joke. Brianna, in post, if it's funny, you leave it in. <laughs> All right. This is where I, I momentarily get nervous because this, Suddenly this I have is to so ridiculous. Answer? Yeah. <laughs> oh, this is the most ridiculous segment we do. All right. To a new level of so jets. Like, how can something be to a new level of so jets when the butt thumble exists? Because the, I, you're so right. I'm really now determined. I'm really trying now to decide which is like the new high level. What's the new end of the spectrum? Because I don't know. This I had to listen to Aaron Rodgers for like eight months. Not actually, but that's what it seemed like. Anyway, formation. <laughs> I feel really gross. And it's not just because my AC is currently broken. So if you're watching on YouTube, I apologize for how sweaty I might get during this recording. I'm also fanning myself at the moment with my notebook that has lots of F1 stickers that Nicole made me. Uh, but that's not why I actually feel gross. I feel gross because I put my butt on a couch this Sunday at 9.55 a.m. Pacific time and did not get up more than eight times until the clock hit zero on the final game of the late window at 4.25 because football is back. You sweaty. You say that's gross. I started doing that at one o'clock in the afternoon my time, and it went to the dark time of the day. Called the yeah, night. but we did, we did it at the same amount of time. But you just had some morning time, and because of my time zone, I basically woke up, sat on a couch, and didn't move. By the time the Eagles game ended, I put myself through the hardest workout that day because I just felt disgusting for not moving for eight hours. And we would have done it. No other way. And we will do oh, it yes. for the rest Every week. of the football season. Yeah. Well, actually, it's going to get worse on F1 weekends because I'm going to wake up, watch an F1 race, and then watch eight hours of football, at least, depending on if I watch the Sunday night game. But if you are an NFL fan, you'll understand why I didn't really watch the Sunday night game. But it was glorious. But yes, I feel gross. And in honor of this gross feeling and the week one of NFL football, I present my podium of things that the NFL and F1 should steal from each other to improve their respective broadcasts. And I do have an honorable mention. Everyone should be mic'd up in the NFL. I should be able to put on player radios like I can put on a driver radio. And we got a taste of this this week because we could hear NFL quarterback Geno Smith screaming, Oh my God! As a very scary defensive player barreled at him full speed. I want this chaos all the time by choice and not just because some fans are too quiet. P3, the NFL has gone all in on unhinged marketing efforts. And F1 just needs to catch up. Tom Brady was talking to a dog. There was a Barbie movie spinoff for I'm Just Ken, except it was about love, love. and Packers. And there were so many of the NFL scripted jokes. If the No Fun League can be this lighthearted and social media first, F1 catch up. And P2, the NFL needs a multi-viewer experience. The fact that I cannot see the routes that wide receivers are running during the play is absurd. I should be able to put on a like overview view, like see the whole field view as a second screen like I can put on a Lewis Hamilton on there. No one tell us about red zone. Like that we're not asking for like a multi-viewer watching option of games. That we can do already. We need more. We need like F1 multi-viewer style data and 
windows available for football. I just don't, I don't need anyone to start screaming about red zone. I should not know, like, I should not have no clue where A.J. Brown is on the field until the pass is made. I should be able to watch the full route if I so choose. It should not be so high up that I need to squint to see the name of the defensive lineman on the Eagles, who I know by heart. I should be able to clearly see the difference between Jordan Davis and Jalen Carter. Thank you. But P1, F1. I need more close-up fan shots. I need to be able to see when fans are sad, dramatic, or chugging a beer because they know the camera is on them. It is the best memeable content that comes out of every F1 weekend. If you were watching on YouTube, this Giants fan is my favorite face of the weekend. And we only get these like sweeping crowd shots. No, they need to know they're on screen and they need to do something ridiculous because that's the fan experience. I do truly believe that this week's episode is a banger. We have the best lineup of segments in a while, and I promise they're not about the NFL. <laughs> so let's get into the formation lap for this week's Gridwalk. Is the Andretti bid about to become reality? Well, we're going to step into the F1 ring and review all the arguments for and against this coming announcement. Seasoned viewers of Gridwalk might have noticed that there's been a lack of gossip grids recently, so we discuss why there seems to be a pop culture drought in Formula One. It is also race week, so we're going to preview the Singapore GP because there were actually a lot of changes to this track and to what to expect this weekend. And of course, we make our predictions. I'm actually dreaming of an ice bath right now with my AC broken, so maybe I'll, I'll throw my picks. <laughs> And as always, stick around to the end of the show for the Yellow Sector Notes, where we round up all the F1 news that we're unable to get to in detail this week. That wraps up the Formation Lab for episode 34 of Gridwalk, a weekly Formula One podcast that believes that there are fascinating stories to discuss across the entire F1 grid. Don't forget to like and subscribe if you're watching me sweat profusely on YouTube right now. Follow and turn on auto-downloads. Leave us a review if you're listening on any auto audio platform. All things that greatly help support the show. Cole and Brown are lined up on the grid. It's lights out, and away we go on this week's grid walk. All right, we traditionally have a firm, no talking about things Helmet Marco says rule on this show. Because honestly, he says something new that's either inaccurate, insulting, or discriminatory nearly every week. It's just a fact of the F1 life, unfortunately. And more unfortunately, the media still covers these mostly racist statements as if they're facts all the time. <laughs> because Red Bull still has him in this position of power in the organization. Helmet Marco was incredibly insulting, racist, in list of other adjectives I could use to describe this to Sergio Perez in the last week. And at least it was covered as all of those bad things. Um, no one with his track record for being all around this shitty should be in the position of power he is in in Red Bull. There's a reason that when we have to mention him on this podcast, because we make a big effort to avoid his existence, that we call him Voldemort. He is unredeemable and has proved this with his character at every opportunity. This is not someone who needs more chances. Like, this is a weekly occurrence. It's just, who is he going to be 
Who's he going to discriminate next? Woo, yay, why are we putting microphones in front of this man? Um, I'm actually in the whole uh, Sergio Perez uh, headlines that have been going around for the last week, I'm just shocked that Red Bull made him even issue that crappy apology he issued because he says stuff like this again all the time. So I, I guess I'm, I'm happy for the crappy apology, but it was, it was crappy. And I admittedly would like more responsibility and atonement from a man who has done this repeatedly and will probably continue to do and say things just as bad as these quotes about Sergio Perez at the next opportunity where someone sticks a microphone in his face. So the apology was not enough, but greater than that, I don't think it's gonna change Voldemort's behavior. But as much as we dislike him, I think it's important to, we thought it was important to make sure anyone listening to this podcast understands that the reason we don't talk about him is because we're fed up and over his behavior. And I don't think we mince words about a lot of our distaste for Red Bull coming from the fact that they continue to put people like Helmut Marco in positions of power and then give them microphones to spout awful things like this. So this is Gridwalk formally on the record reminding you that Voldemort sucks. Voldemort sucks and so does his chat GBT of an apology because it literally just looks like someone took his quote and said, apologize for this and spit it back out. But I agree, no change. Voldemort doesn't change. He just eventually leaves. Maybe? I don't know. Please. Well, the day seems to be almost here. Andretti is rumored to get a final approval to join F1 from the FIA, but not get approval from F1 to join the Concord Agreement, which means drama, basically. So much drama. Right. And it's, that means it's the perfect opportunity to bring back a segment that we haven't been able to do for a while now. Welcome to the F1 ring! You could be anywhere in the world today, but you are here at the Gridwalk Arena. And for that, we thank you. We believe that this is going to be a particularly juicy battle for you. We have two groups vying for power as the FIA and F1 are going to are getting to the end of their dispute over potential new teams joining the Formula One grid. We present to you today at the F1 ring, all interested parties ready to duke it out. Each relevant party will get introductions and the opportunity for an opening statement. No punches will be pulled. In the first corner, the FIA. According to the FIA's own website, it's their responsibility to provide safe, sustainable, and accessible motorsports, pausing for laughter, across the many series that they steward. Despite frequently failing to provide a safe environment, they've decided to make a power play. By opening the process to add new teams to the F1 grid against the wishes of their partners, both F1 management and the F1 teams. Reminder, the FIA makes a flat fee for every driver and team added to the sport. More teams means more money for the FIA, no matter the product on track. Additional reminder, earlier this year, the FIA president was told to shut up and go away because he couldn't stop being sexist or discriminatory against most people. There should probably be more disclaimers and reminders for this introduction, 
But, okay, FIA, you can make your opening statements now. Hello, ladies, gentlemen, people here listening to Gridwalker and Walkers or where, whatever you like to call yourselves. We are the FIA. We are here to ensure the proper regulatory occurrences of all motorsports, but we just seem to really love paying extra special attention to Formula One, as everyone suddenly seems to do. So we're trying to do this for the fans. We're thinking about everyone trying to enjoy this, all of motorsports, not just Formula One. But we're gonna really just be focusing on Formula One because we're just really good at doing that and ignoring everywhere else. But don't we think F1 fans would like more drivers? A new engine manufacturer? We're just growing, growing everywhere. So much growth, so much growing that you just need more. I think it would just be a wonderful addition of having an American name like Andretti back in the sport, back on the grid for all of those American F1 fans that are recent additions to our fan base. Everything that we are doing is to create more entertainment and more excitement because we want to help out and not just give technical directives, even though this is our entire job to make things safer. We want to have fun and make it entertaining! So this is for you. Well, thank you for that. And thank you for sending a representative instead of, you know, some of your leadership. He's in, the op- in the opposing corner, we have Formula One Management. The team put in place by the owners of the media rights to Formula One, Liberty Media, their responsibility is to increase the financial value of F1 by increasing its overall popularity. They gave us races such as Miami and Las Vegas to mixed reviews. Notably, they did implement a social media strategy that finally made their drivers celebrities and did sign off on Drive to Survive, which most definitely increased the popularity of the sport around the world. Their most recent knockout punch in the F1 ring was successfully recruiting Andretti to join Formula One as an engine manufacturer in 2026. Recently, Liberty Media has made headlines for saying that Red Bull dominant for saying that Red Bull dominance has slowed the growth of the sport, and that gave everyone a lot of opinions and feelings. This is also a topic that the Gridwalk Duo will be getting more into in upcoming podcasts and videos, so you should subscribe to us on YouTube. Alright, Formula One management, your opening statements. I'm not even going to say hello because I immediately have to jump in and say the FIA's job is to not focus on entertainment. That is my job. My job over here is to focus on entertainment, excitement, making it fun and interesting for fans. Meanwhile, you should be making sure that it's safe and regulated correctly, which you're already not doing. So stay out of my lane. Please and thank you. I don't know how many times we need to send you a letter about this, but maybe we'll send you another one. So let's put in some regulations. Great, you released a new technical directive. Things are less flexible, blah, 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 blah. That already seems like it's not gonna affect your one team dominating on track, thus making my job a heck of a lot harder. So you're gonna introduce another team coming in, joining. What's gonna you think Andretti's gonna be competing right behind Red Bull? I don't think so. Show the stats, show that this will work, and don't just say, it's gonna be entertaining. That's my job, and I don't see it. 
Also, GM isn't making the engine, not a new engine manufacturer. So shut up about GM and Cadillac being a part of this deal. Both of our challengers today have brought some supporters. We will start with an FIA supporter. And it might be hard to follow that up. So let's talk about the newly named Andretti Global. Led by 1991 IndyCar champion Michael Andretti and his father Mario, the 78 F1 world champion and four-time IndyCar champ, definitely some racing royalty here. Just this month, Andretti Automotive rebranded to Andretti Global, kind of hinting to all of us that this F1 ring here might be coming soon. There are already participants in multiple other single-seater series, such as IndyCar and Formula E, and they set their sights on joining F1 as soon as it became more popular and profitable in the United States. After failing to impress F1 and to letting them buy an existing team on the grid, Andretti have partnered up with General Motors for a flashy glorified sponsorship deal, partnering with the FIA as a bid to become the 11th team on the grid. Andretti, your opening statements in support of being allowed to race in F1. Hello, I am a representative of the Andretti family and Andretti Global. Thank you so much for having us here and inviting us to be part of the discussion. It really just shows how much everyone really wants us here and definitely really feels that we deserve to be continuing to grow our presence within motorsports. Now, there's a lot of speculation, and I'm not going to say that our entire rebrand from Andretti Automotive to Andretti Global was to maybe become more, have a more appealing name when we're on a global platform like Formula One, but I'm not saying it's not because of that. Uh, we have an incredibly, incredibly passionate family that, as the announcer has stated, is motorsports racing royalty. And this organization is coming in with partnerships of other incredible automotive royalty, like General Motors and Cadillac, which we clearly have heard everyone is very excited about. And with this continued, unbelievable, seeing absolutely no slowdown in interest at all, still growing, unbelievably explosive American fan base, you want another not trying to ignore Haas here, really powerful American-based team in Formula One because America. Also, we will give you more drivers, which everyone wants and everyone would be really happy about because... More drivers just means more, and more is always good, and definitely has nothing to do with slower cars or slower drivers or underperforming absolutely anything on the grid. More is more, and more means more money, and more just means good, and just more money, and not ignoring that adding another team would just cut prize money down, because we're not talking about that money. We're talking about big money. Thanks! Can't wait to see you on the grid. I mean, next time. The FIA has also brought a second supporter group to the ring today. The Alpine Formula One team, which is also the Renault engine manufacturer, they, they really like rebranding. Whatever you want to call them, that's who they're here today. Alpine may have just fired everyone in charge, but leadership, new and old, are fully backing the Andretti entry and the FIA's ability to add new teams. They're the only current engine manufacturer on the grid without a single customer team. 
And so they're not only willing to provide engines to any new teams, they are required to! Alpine, who's ever in charge and could be here today, I guess the floor is yours. Guys, this is like really embarrassing and we really need so much help. Ryan Reynolds is suddenly investing in us and we're so bad. We can't even get out of Q1. So please, we need more customers. We need data. We need help. So now we're just begging. We're not even here to make a statement. We are begging and begging and begging. We need help. Someone help us because we don't know what we're doing and no one works here anymore. And last but not least, before we get this fight started, we have the supporters that Formula One brought. The nine other Formula One teams. You all know them. You might not be used to them working together. But this is the other remaining teams. Join me in welcoming their spokesperson, who unfortunately had to listen to all nine team principals and get their, I'm sure, very calm and rational opinions to be here today. You have the floor. None of this makes any sense. There has been legitimately zero plans provided or any information provided. And it's how this is going to make everyone more money. We are getting the same amount of money. It's the same pizza pie, but more people are invited to the birthday party and they're not invited to our birthday party. We've been already told that there's the 10 people at the birthday party. Now suddenly this 11th new kid's gonna come in and we have the same amount of pizza. That's not going to work. And I just, if, if Toto Wolf and Christian Horner can be on the same side about something, then like maybe everyone needs to take like a cold deep breath and listen, because that means that pigs are flying and something terrifying is happening if we can get these two men to agree on one thing. We are finally making money in this sport in a way that we've never seen before, so let's try and figure out a way to keep that in, and if that is by having this American team to help us with this flourishing, still flourishing American fan base, then show it to us. Show us the evidence, and then maybe we'll open it and have a conversation. Until that, the red rope is closed, it's sealed, you cannot come in, bye-bye, stay out of our birthday party. Thank you for that. That is the end of our opening introductions and opening statements. Who's gonna come out of the ring successful? What type of punches will they throw? What will each party have to give up to win this battle? Find out next. Obviously, we're gonna have to wait to see the end, the resolution from this F1 ring battle. Um, but this has come up because AMUS is reporting that the FIA are going to like officially approve Andretti, which has been rumored for a while now. And the background to all of this is that everyone needs to approve a team. Just because the FIA has said a team's allowed to go race, in order to get the financial payout of that, the they need to be part of the Concord Agreement, which is the agreement between all the F1 teams about how they're going to split the money. Um, I admittedly fully believe that if the FIA approves Andretti, they're going to end up on the grid. I just am interested in the political capital they're going to have to give up and the physical financial capital Andretti is going to have to give up to F1 to make it happen. Because uh, Europe is, has much stricter antitrust laws than America does. And I do think that F1 technically, like if, if they really wanted to drag this out and go to court over it and do the whole thing, like eventually they would be forced to let Andretti in. But ever since this was announced to begin with, that the FIA were looking for new teams, I just didn't understand the political play of it all. Because that's really what we're watching here. Like, FIA versus FOM. Like, 
And the FIA have decided the best use of their political capital is to strong arm their most important partners into doing something they don't want to do. Like, I just, it, the whole thing confuses me. Yeah, no, it feels like, what's like the kids bop way of like saying it? This feels like a big wiener swinging contest. Like it just feels, <laughs> feels like, like, it just feels like everyone's making statements and saying things. The FIA is like, we're going to do this. And everyone else is like, okay, but there's so many other things that like you need to consider or for that to work and then they're just like no we're gonna do this like it's and obviously there's a lot that probably isn't like publicized to like the public about like this is how it would work 100 because like but there should still be some to like at least appease team principles from saying we don't have any information so that's what really makes me believe that there's no information that's like being provided as to how this would actually work besides just like more means more which is like not true yeah and from a fan perspective like i get it another team more drivers yada yada like you and i have made it very clear you can go back and listen to us talk about this every other time where we're like yay more drivers to lose to red bull like so it's it's frustrating to me that the organization responsible for these financial technical and engine regulations which are the three contributing factors if you go back and listen to my rant from last week that are contributing to the unheard of unprecedented dominance that red bull is currently doing not that there isn't dominance in f1 but what we're experiencing right now is unprecedented that's why it's record breaking make it Um, worse make it worse (laughs) well it's just like i would like the fia to focus on that like the fia And I'm not saying they can't do multiple things at once, like work on the 2026 engine and technical regulations and strong arm F1 into adding more teams. Like to me, this is all a money play. Like there's a reason why in the introduction, I wrote that uh, the reminder that the way the FIA makes money is that they get a flat fee from every team and driver entered. The way FOM and the teams make money is based on media rights. And it's actually financially, F1 and the F1 teams are financially incentivized to have a better product on track because the more people who are interested in F1, the more money they make. The FIA are just incentivized by having more teams and drivers there. So like, I understand why we're at this impasse, but it just, all of it just feels like a political misstep and we're still talking about it 12 months later. Yeah, and I definitely don't feel like it's going away at all. Um, and to your point, if the FIA is able to do multiple things at once, I could name like a whole handful of things that would be incredibly much more important uh, safety regulations um, and just, you know, things in general that you sh- could probably be focusing on first to make me less mad at you. But the FIA does not do that. Um, and this isn't a whole segment about F1 interest or anything like that. Like, we're going to do a ton on that. And there was the Liberty Media quotes this week where the CEO of Liberty Media came out and said, yeah, interest is stagnating because of dominance, which to me just read like facts. <laughs> like, like it, you and, are, everyone is correct. <laughs> this is right. <laughs> like, that is correct. And he wasn't even passing judgment on it, really. Like, like he was saying, I kind of wish that it wasn't stagnating like which makes a lot of sense because he's financially invested in its growth Mm -hmm. um like i think it can be both true that the nature of f1 is that there's going to be periods of dominance it can also be true that that's not great and it can also be true that this is an unprecedented version of that you know like it is but i just 
I, I will always come back to no matter like, yes, I think it would be great if there were more drivers in F1. That would be cool. But I don't really care until the like, and I, you know what? It's, it's a messenger problem. It's like, I think I'd be more excited about teams and additional drivers and things like that if it wasn't the FIA trying to strong arm everyone into it, because to your point, like, can you go fix all the things you're actually in charge of? And if like, if this was coming from FOM and, you know, Liberty Media, that it would be coming with like a beautiful marketing campaign package of like, here's the message and the image and here are all of the things. So the fact that that's not coming, like there's no push from that, I, it makes me scared. You can't, yeah. And I'm always disgruntled when big sweeping changes are not coming jointly by both parties in charge. Exactly. So like, yes, the cost cap didn't work out in my opinion. I don't think it was a good idea, but it seemed very clearly that it was this joint initiative from the regulatory and the marketing business side of F1 that they are like, hey, could we make an effort to try to improve the sport? And they tried and it didn't work out, but it came from both parties. It was relatively good organized. Yes. Everyone right. was agreeing on the good intentions except for some that then did not agree to what they agreed on and broke the cost cap. And here we are with so many then, other things. Oh. No one broke it. Yeah, we can't get into that. But yeah, I, I do think Andretti will be announced as a team. I'm excited to see how much financial capital they have to pay. And I'm excited to get a trickle out of what the FIA had to give up in order to get this success. Time will tell. Okay, so it's been a minute for, yeah. yeah, there has been a Gossip Grid, and it's not because I quit Gossip Grid. I love Gossip Grid. It is one of my favorite segments to do. So real quick, because I, I don't want to get too into this segment. If you're a newer Gridwalk listener, you probably don't know what Gossip Grid is. And it's a segment where Nicole breaks down the week in the intersection between pop culture and F1. So this could be celebrities that show up to a race. It could be new partnerships and deals that are struck, media coverage of F1, basically anything where F1 intersects in like the rest of people's lives. Like if you're not crazy about F1 person in your life calls you up and is like, why is Meg the, the Stallion on the F1 grid right now? Why is LeBron James there? Why did someone think that Patrick Mahomes or that basketball player was Patrick Mahomes. Like, but also like, oh my God, Lewis Hamilton was at Paris Fashion Week. That is Gossip Grid and it is one of our favorite segments. And we've been trying to do it every week. And every week I call it Nicole and I'm like, so can we do a Gossip Grid this week? Is there enough going on in pop culture? And then she sighs and goes, no. There's a couple of different reasons as to why I think that there's been like a lull in pop culture within Formula One. But, I mean, big elephant in the room, which we've discussed a little bit, the uh, Screen Actors Guild and Writers Guild of America are currently on strike. So part of that strike involves that stars, writers, people involved in projects that are TVs, movies. Oh, my gosh. There's like It's crazy what can still fall into this. If you haven't looked into it, please go do. There can be no promotion of any sort of projects via interviews, appearance, social media, anything at all um so a lot of less pr happening 
So before we dive into how that affects F1, I think speaking for both of us, writers deserve to be fully compensated for their work, benefit from the profits of their creativity, being properly compensated because when you're having writers that create content that makes billions and billions of dollars and they're getting paid $25,000 for their one-time fee, the way that this is just not functional, it's not working, these large organizations can do so much better and or else we're all just going to suffer in the long term. Yes. We are both very pro-union, pro-strike. Please pay your actors and writers fairly. Give them what they want. Uh, there's a ton of really great resources and information on this. We'll definitely leave some in the description of this episode if you would like to go support all of that. You'll also notice that there's been a serious lack of us talking about TV shows and movies and things that we normally like, and that's because we, while we are not members of SAG or the WGA, we, want, we don't want to promote struck work if we don't have to um, in order to be as pro- this strike and supportive of it as we can. There's like one particular film that if we were able to be speaking about, I think maybe in a year, we just have a whole themed episode because it's a missed opportunity, yes. but support of the strike. And TV, there's a TV show. Yeah, there's a lot going on right now that is like very in our wheelhouse, but we're not, we're not talking about it. Um, and there's a lot of people doing that. So I do think it's interesting that there seems to be a general decrease in like just looking at uh celebrity attendance at races there has been a general dip i do think there's been a ton of athletes mm -hmm. at there's, f1 races yeah. we've seen a lot of athletes we've seen a couple of musicians is where it gets interesting because like some musicians are in sag and some aren't mm -hmm. and so that is kind of like an overlap there but if you go back and listen to a lot of the gossip grids a lot of the time when i'm talking about celebrities who are attending a race it's because they're promoting a movie Vin Diesel is part of a certain franchise that has to do with very loud cars and like that had the entire cast whole, promoting yeah. it this year. And like there's been numerous movies this year that have had promotions on the grid and the entire cast is there and they do this repeatedly. And there's been like an unbelievable like lull of celebrity attendance. Um, we saw Steve Carell at, gosh, is that the Dutch GP? And I was like, I want to yeah. talk about this, but I that was that was it. That's like all I was able to say. Right, there's no well, and I think the the interesting thing is now celebrities who are attending F1 races are doing it because they're just interested in it and they want to. Um, so I think we we're getting a little bit of a glimpse of the in the European heartland of F1. Like if there was no press going on, what actors would actually show up to a random race at? The answer is Steve Carell. The answer is Steve Carell, and it was his first one. So... Yeah. Oh, you were also telling me a really interesting point to all of this, because it's not all just about, like, would they be interested in going, because you were telling me something that Dak Shepard said on his podcast about attending events right now as an actor in SAG. Yes, yes. Um, so it was also become... Um, so I listen to Armchair Expert. If you haven't heard of it, it is a podcast with Dak Shepard and they're, it's how they've been like navigating through and their whole thing. They have a bunch of celebrities come on and it's usually to promote their project. So listening to their podcast has been very interesting about how they're navigating that like all through the strike and they're also all in SAG. So 
he's the celebrities have been receiving a lot of backlash when they're posting on social media attending other events so his example he was on vacation like martha's vineyard this had been booked for months his kids were on summer vacation they have friends out there they went and spent like two weeks out there or something and all he said that he was flooded on social media with comments saying how dare you not be like on picketing a picket line how are you yeah. not striking how dare you be on vacation all these things he's like i was picketing last week and this that whatever so i could also see maybe f1 races falling underneath that like excursion of wow you were at this very large luxurious relatively expensive event when there's an entire strike for your entire industry going on that revolves around like proper payment of people um so that could be like a reason going on um, maybe they're fed up with Red Bull dominance. I do kind of feel like it is. Though, like, we oh, should touch on the fact Yeah. We don't think that the strike is the only reason there's been a pop culture lull. But we do think it's an interesting add-on to this. Red Bull dominance and just the lack of excitement around races right now is going to be a contributing factor. We can't pretend like it's not. Um, I also think there's a third thing here, which is in America in particular... I think F1 might be losing the shiny, fancy, new thing sheen. It's transitioning from, oh my god, look at this cool, new, fun thing, to this is this thing we like. And those are different feelings in pop culture. I think there's been a significant downturn in, you know, Cosmopolitan deciding to just write an F1 article like what is this thing that people are now liking because now it's more just ingrained that people like it so if we're looking at F1 media coverage there's going to be a downtick because people don't need to write those whoa people like F1 articles anymore like we do this it will be I mean for so many reasons I would like the strike to be over and fall in the correct favor and everyone be compensated as they should be very quickly, but I really hope it's settled by Vegas because I right. want to know every bit of promotion. I want to know like what movie, like there has to have been like months of planning of people going to this race. And I'm sure it's going to be like an unbelievably celebrity studded event. So I'm not like anticipating there not to be a gossip grid after Vegas. I'm anticipating it to probably be one of the biggest, but I definitely think there will be obvi- like some kind of effectors of attendance or whatever activations go down yeah i do think it would be interesting if it's not resolved by then to be able to compare vegas's first year to miami's first year and just how much that the strike could potentially affect it and people attending this race i mean there's been rumors for a while now about how difficult vegas is vegas is struggling to sell tickets so um I, i i'm Intrigued about Vegas for a myriad of reasons we can't get into now, but I think in summary, there hasn't been gossip grids because there hasn't been a lot of pop culture. There's a bunch of reasons why F1 hasn't been as ingrained in pop culture as it has in years past. But the good news is there was enough that happened this week, and we have a Gossip Grid again this week! Surprise! The conversation about where has Gossip Grid been ends with a Gossip Grid! (laughs) I'm so excited. I'm so excited. All right, let's get into it. Hey, podcast listeners. Gossip Grid here, your guide to F1's paddock elites. 
you absolutely everything you need to know about Formula One and pop culture. It's been a little bit of a lull, but we are back. And we got quite a few things to talk about. I have scoured the internet in every way possible to give a well-developed gossip grid because we deserve one after this drought. So I have to start off with something that means a lot to me, but maybe not related, maybe not be as important to a lot of other people, and some people might not know who this is. My favorite, one of my favorite content creators, YouTubers, streamers, whatever you want to like label his job title, Julian Solomita, he is also so incredibly lucky to be married to Jenna Marbles, has recently entered his F1 era. It has come up in streams. It has been mentioned several times. He was talking about Monza on a stream last week. And he's also recently started to play Sims. Now, I'm not going to get into how and what happened in his Sim house, but a baby ended up in the Sim house, and he renamed the baby to Max Verstappen. So now there is a blonde Sim baby named Max Verstappen in Julia Solomita's Sim house. I will keep you updated on how the baby develops. Now, we were just talking a lot about the strike and everything like that, so here comes a little bit of a gray area. A lot of my previous Gossip Grids were talking about the Brad Pitt F1 movie with Apple TV. It was filming, and then it was not filming. It had stopped filming, but sorta hasn't. There were a couple clips um, being filmed last week at Monza. It's possible that the people being filmed are not part of SAG, but that's a little bit unclear. But I'm really only bringing this up because I need to show Brianna, if she has not seen already, they were filming a pit stop for the movie. And if you have not seen the tweet from F1 Trolls Twitter, they film this entire pit stop. I'm sharing my screen and we'll put the link in the doobly-doo so that people can find this or go on your Twitter or wherever. But here we go. Here is the pit stop bird's eye view of the Apex GP team. Now look at the tires. Look at the tires. Roll past the tires and don't go on. They never change the tires in the pit stop. It's very weird. It's very fascinating. Editing it in post? I don't know. There, we're being talked about how this film is supposed to be like unbelievably legit and like really authentic. And we couldn't even film, like, an actual pit stop? I don't know. Thinking I mean, a lot. pit stops are hard, but... But film an actual team doing one! Like, I don't, I'm getting too picky about this. It's also, I've just watched it so many times, it's weird! It's so, it's so weird! Because they, they lean in and they touch, but I... I know. So... I, whatever is happening with the movie, if it's filming, if it's not filming... I, Please, you know, pay people efficiently and also change tires at pit stops. I don't know. All right, now we're into our branded content alert. This is where I rapid fire a bunch of new official branded content that we're seeing from our F1 drivers being brand ambassadors and just entering on really cool different marketing endeavors because that's our favorite thing. Lewis Hamilton's done new pictures from Ramoa of the with the for a luggage campaign. Zhou Guan Yu has done a whole bunch of new photos with Lululemon, and they're some of the sickest campaign photos I have seen them ever do. Oh my gosh, oh my gosh, Checo and McDonald's are releasing a collaboration called the Checo Menu. Specially branded cups and bags, and if you look at the cups and bags, the number 11 kind of just looks like the number one. I'm just saying, it's pretty obvious. 
The meal includes a hamburger that's created especially for this collab, a beverage, two orders of fries. The picture has two orders of fries, and you get two orders of fries with the Checo menu. What All size fries? They look like medium to me. This also appears to be like McDonald's Mexico. So the sizing is completely out of my American brain wheelhouse of uh, food sizes for other places. So it's definitely smaller than if it was in America. I just want to know if this is like a girl math thing where it's like, oh, you could just order the large, but actually if you order two mediums, it's the perfect amount of whatever it is. Cause that's some serious girl math in my opinion. And I want to know what the rationale is. Yeah, I don't, I, th I have a lot of questions, but I think just two orders of fries. What a magical thing. I also just want to imagine that like Checo is, a, he orders two fries. You know, it's like his car fries for the way home. And then like the fries for when he's eating his actual meal. I can get behind that. Car fries are important. You gotta have car fries. Uh, special edition included in this menu, every single item, I'm assuming besides the soda, has local spices, tahini beans, lime jalapenos, a bunch of other things to make it a little bit more like that Mexican flair, which is really cool. Checo has also announced a deal with Ruffles and has a special thing happening with Kit Kats and Nestle right now. Can you tell that the Mexico GP is coming up? Because I can, even though it is weeks away. Williams Racing and Golf Merch. Oh my goodness gracious. After the fans have voted for the Bolder Than Bold Golf Williams livery for Singapore, Japan, and Qatar, they are now making it merch. So they want F1 fans that have voted to select this livery to now buy merch that matches the livery they selected. It is genius. It's beautiful. It's incredible. They will also have a show car at their fan zone in Singapore. So I don't know how many times on Gridwalk we can say that if you are going to a race event, if Williams is doing a pop-up, oh my goodness, go. You can get your Golf Williams merch. Take a picture next to the show car livery that you now match. Unbelievable. So great. Can't wait to see it. it looks really cool. I love, you know, Golf livery is a great ode to racing history. But... The absolute winner of the merch wars currently right now in my mind, and I still haven't seen it yet, Alex Albon Pet Merch. Alex is continuing to flex his marketing genius muscles. I can't get over this. Please go watch this video on his socials or follow this new Alex Albon Athletics account at AA23. He's having a very important conference room meeting with all of his pets about his merchandise. Um, we're getting Alex Albon merch soon, and I'm hoping that one of the items at least has all of his pets' faces on it. But it is such silly, chaotic content. Please go check it out if you haven't already. And wrapping up, a little bit of big things I just couldn't let go. I am a major Swifty, if you can't tell from everything happening behind me or if you've never listened to the show before. So my world was absolutely rocked when I got to hear Daniel Ricardo singing his favorite Taylor Swift song, Our Song. And oh my goodness, he definitely knows the words. It was completely out of nowhere, off the top of his head. And he also exercises to Olivia Rodrigo while singing Driver's License. Fernando Alonso has claimed that Taylor Swift is in his top three artists on Spotify, and I will say nothing else about that, and no one say anything else to me about that. George Russell has attended the opening Rugby World Cup with the Ianos Chemical Company. I don't know. Chemical companies are sending George Russell to the Rugby World Cup. And last, I have a big question for all Gridwalkers out there. Lando Norris has brought back Lando.jpg, J-P-G, whatever you want to call it. As part of the Gridwalk Friendship Bracelet watch, I have noticed in his most recent posts, he has a friendship bracelet on, but I can't read what it says. I'm able to make out one word says this, 
I don't know what the rest of it says. So uh, I need some Lando fans to tell me what his friendship bracelet says. Because it looks like it's long. Well, that was an unbelievable, very bold, jam-packed return of Gossip Grid. And it felt very good to be back. And I hope everyone enjoyed it. And I'm really going to do my best to not have the same lull as we had previously. So I'll see you next time on Gossip Grid. Round of applause. Welcome back, Gossip Grid. Race week. (laughs) Yeah. It's a Singapore GP this week, uh, which is generally a fun... It was the original F1 night race. So now there's other races that happen at night, but this one's still branded as the F1 night race. This race and the Japanese GP the week after are like two of my bucket list races in life. Like, it's just so cool. We can complain about street tracks all we want for the actual racing, but like for attending a race, really cool. So there's a couple things you should know going into this race. Uh, The number one thing is there is a new track layout for the really exciting reasons of it is a street race and there's construction going on. How interesting. Yeah, so what was previously turned 16 through 19 has now become a straight. Really what that means is one, there's some safety concerns because with straights, that means you're picking up more speed Um, I don't think it's going to have a massive effect on any characteristics of the track, uh, but there's a couple less turns. Uh, Up on the YouTube video right now you're probably looking at, because I put it there in post, an image of like where it was before and what it looks like now. Um, So yeah, new track layout. First time in this track layout. I do believe the intention is after all the construction, Singapore goes back to normal. It might be a couple years they'll return to the original track layout, unless this one for some reason is a banger. Uh, Other thing you should know about Singapore is that this track and this race was introduced in 2008, and it has a 100% safety car rate. There has never been a race without a safety car at Singapore. So... I'm sure there's some incredible betting odds on both sides of that, if you would like to go do that. Um, But I personally think this race kind of needs it, so I hope that it's 100% safety car rate increases, (laughs) or continues at that clip. Yeah. Um, This track is very different to Monza. So the straight line speed effect that we saw... At the Italian GP, with Ferrari having a really great race, we're probably going to flip back where it's more of an Aston Martin, uh, McLaren, Mercedes versus Ferrari for this specific track. Also, it's not super engine dependent, which means Alpine should have a better weekend because they don't need to just cry about how bad their engine is. Um... Yeah, so very different than Monza, much closer to the Dutch GP. Pirelli has brought its softest tires again, as it probably should for almost every race between now and the end of the season, because we're still dealing with this issue where the tires really don't degrade. But yep, softest range of tires again. I'm going to be disappointed at every race for the rest of the season where Pirelli doesn't bring their softest tires. Um, I will point out also that this is a rear limited track. Um, So you're going to see higher wings and the teams that struggle at other rear limited tracks like Silverstone will struggle here. And last but not least, this is one of the longest, if not the longest, pit stop delta on the entire 
F1 circuit, which means, uh, which if you don't know what that means, it basically means that the time from when you enter the pits, so remember when you enter the pits, you have to slow down. So the time from doing that to leaving that, you lose the most amount of time versus any other race. Um, now everyone's dealing with that same problem. So it's not like, oh, Red Bull is losing less time. Well, actually Red Bull is losing less time because normally their pit stops are faster. But like the things around the controllable pit stop, uh, it just means that the teams are gonna desperately try to do anything but like pit. So this will be a one-stop race unless something chaotic and crazy happens. Um, and most teams are probably going to try to wait for that 100% safety car rate and everyone's gonna pit under the safety car. And if your, your team or favorite driver pits before the safety car, it will probably be sad. So yeah. you're going to see a lot of people probably start on the hards, try to go as long as possible, when's the safety car, when's the safety car, and then probably some driver who didn't manage those tires very well that are now very old will cause the safety car and then everyone will pit. And that's my prediction for the Singapore GP. Sounds right. It sounds, it sounds like it's going to be spooky accurate. I hope we get to cut to this as a clip of this exactly happening to one particular driver. I just, look, I'm just going into the Singapore GP hoping it's not my favorite drivers. Hold on, I'm not even thinking of any particular driver, just in general, if this exact, it sounds so probable and possible that I feel like it'll be like, well, Brianna predicted the future. (laughs) And a cool thing, I I think I spend too much time when we talk about races, just kind of saying that street tracks are good and most people hate street tracks. Um, So one of these days I will give a full dissertation about here are all my reasons why I actually like street tracks. But one of the reasons to like street tracks is that uh, Sergio Perez tends to like them. So if he's going to not, I don't believe in the whole like street circuit Checo thing, like he wouldn't have crashed in Monaco so badly if it was true, but he might be more comfortable. And normally with street tracks, there's, the drivers tend to come together because there's, it's more about their skill. So look, I'm predicting a max win, like, don't get me wrong, but it might not be, there's some opportunity there. That that's really all I'm saying. (laughs) I think we get into our race predictions now. It feels like a good time to get these started. Reminder, what's on the line here. We started at the Dutch GP, whoever scores the the least amount of points by the end of the F1 season is going to have to do an ice bath like the drivers do before the race. Um, despite what I said in the formation lap, I really don't want to actually have to do an ice bath because it's it's cooled down now and I'm, I'm less sweaty and I, that sounds really awful. But we are tied at one point apiece after two races. We've had a run. <laughs> I'm just glad we scored points last week. Not losing! This is huge for me! Well, a reminder that if you want immediate updates about how we do in our predictions, we always put them out at Gridwalk Show over on social media. So go check that out. But Nicole, because we don't pick P1 anymore because it's just Max Verstappen, who are you picking for P2 this week? In my P2, because I like having things to root for. I have Mr. Lewis Hamilton. I do too. That... That makes me happy for, like, us as friends, but, like, not as people in competition of race. Right, because it's, like, not that interesting, because, yeah. 
Um, well, I have P3 as Mr. Fernando Alonso. Do you have P3? Oh my goodness, here we go. Did both of us just not want to pick Checo because you think he's going to like butch? I did not pick. Okay, yes. I have Fernando Alonso in my P3 because I'm like, Checo's going to screw up Quali and I don't think this is going to happen. So cool. We. Uh... Okay, so just so everyone knows that we do write our predictions down ahead of time. So. If we both have the same P10, I think what needs to happen is we both need to pick a new P10, but it can, neither of us can keep this person. Because I'm worried that we have the same person. You, okay. So my P10 has become, this is just an Wait, do you, do you agree with- Flash more. I just okay. can't believe, I mean, I can believe because based on knowledge of the sport, and I'm sure we were thinking the same things and we were thinking about in terms of other tracks and such, why we did Lewis and Fernando. Yeah. Um, so my, what do you have as your P10? My P10's been a continuous not bit, but bit because of my support. I have Alex Albon in P10. And you probably also have Alex Albon in P10. This is unbelievable. Okay, okay so we both need to change our P10. I have, have a backup P10. Yep, yep. I'm writing it down. All right, Nicole, who's your backup P10? Oh, I'm now scared that we wrote the same thing. So I'm going to write a backup to the backup. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. Who's your, who's your P10? My P10 is Esteban Ocon. Yeah, yeah, that's what I literally wrote down. But then I also wrote down next to it Oscar. So I'm going to, you get Esteban Ocon and I'll get Oscar Piash. Very fair. Very, very fair. Wow, I can't believe that this is happening. This far down is crazy. Yep, 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 yep. Okay. <laughs> So I think same rules apply to our, so this one is our last to cross the checkered flag. So if they DNF, it doesn't count. Who is your last to cross the checkered flag here? So I am snagging a pick from last week from you. And I am saying K-Mag is going to, or last week, last race week, whatever it was. K-Mag I have is last. Great. We don't have the same one because I have Nico Hulkenberg. Really, I just because I didn't want to Nico say to not take your last pick, and I was like, mm -mm, I do feel like it's gonna be K Mag. Yep. Um, all right, and then team that is not named Red Bull to score the most points this week, I have Mercedes. I also have Mercedes. Well, that's fine. So I believe that. Yeah. This has now become a battle of P10 and a battle of which Haas yes. might be last. And if Alex Albon ends up being p10 i think we both just get an honorary point because we both would have gotten it right and i think we deserve credit i think an alex albon point because of belief and hilarity is appropriate and we make the rules and everything's made up and the points don't matter yo sector notes not the fastest walk around f1 but we will complete a full lap around the paddock hitting every f1 garage there's a lot to go through today despite the fact that nicole had a full gossip grid so for starters the japanese grand prix announced that they're going to be doing a fan festival leading up to the grand prix next week complex wrote an entire article about joe guan yu's love of sneakers including some custom kobe's it's a very cool article you should go check it out alfatari did premiere their documentary about the 2021 season in venice you he looked incredibly cool on that boat. Haas is planning a full upgrade package for the USGP. 
Perez released photos of his special helmet for his 250th Grand Prix, which is an incredible accomplishment. Just a reminder, though, that Lewis Hamilton has more poles than most drivers on the grid have races. That's not a dish at Perez. It was just an opportunity for me to bring it up. Also, race wins. It doesn't have to be poles. I don't know why I said poles. Speaking of Lewis, though, because he was in Italy for the Italian GP, he did a full interview with GQ Italy, which is really great. I also recommend checking that one out. Charles went on stage and introduced a rock band to the crowd. He, it was very endearing. It like, wasn't really like very pump up, like, here's a band. It was, I don't know. It was a good video. Um, Alpine had a big event this weekend, and admittedly, I couldn't figure out what was going on. So this is really my plea for you. Anyone who knows, please explain to me in the comments. Reach out to us on social media. Like, what was Alpine doing? I don't know. I had the it looked exciting. panic of like, what was this large three-day event? I think they were like premiering some like new Alpine cars. I don't know. And it reminded me that I wanted to ask you. So you say exactly this made me feel seen. I also was like, look at this big party. And it looked incredible. It looks like a great time. Esteban Ogun was on stage with a rapper. Like, it, like, I would love to know what happened. Most of the coverage is in French. My Google Translate wasn't working. I don't know. Like, and by wasn't working, I mean, like, it was translating, but the translations weren't telling me what. I, so someone please There's no C translation option. Right. I, I don't know. I, I was actually copy and pasting things into the actual Google Translate because there was no translation option, and I still couldn't figure out what was going on. Uh, F1 in schools announced that they had a record number of entries this year. Red Bull is giving away a, what they're calling the Daniel Ricardo road trip giveaway to their Paddock Club members. Speaking of Red Bull, F1 is selling celebratory merch for Max's 10 win in a row record that clearly did, they did not run by a single woman, despite the fact that there is like a women's option to buy this. It will be up on the screen on the YouTube video. What were you thinking? Okay. And again, go over to YouTube if you want to see. All right, uh, Frederick Vesey will be doing the rookie FP1 for Mercedes in Mexico. He was in the sim this week for that. And last but not least, AlphaTauri has announced that last year they're following the same path McLaren is on where they're gonna be integrating digital ad screens into their car. That is the grid walk for September 14th, 2023 completed. How was my sector time today, Nicole? Especially that we were able to bring back Gossip Grid, but it's back. Thank you to VoiceOver Man. Thank you to our couches for being very supportive for us on this first NFL Sunday. And we'll continue to be supportive on NFL and F1 Sundays to come. Oh my gosh, that's so much sitting. And our four-legged Sports. executive producers. If you are an audio listener, don't forget to follow, turn on auto-downloads, rate and review the pod. If you're watching on YouTube, hi, how are you doing? Oh, you look so cute today. While you're here, subscribe, like the video, leave us a comment. Tell me, what does Lando's friendship bracelet say? Because I really can't figure it out. Someone find a photo and please fill me in. All of these things, sharing with your friends, leaving us a comment, leaving us a review, following us everywhere, really, really help us out. Help people find our podcast. We really appreciate it. Join us for daily grid walks on every social media platform. You can find us at Gridwalk Show on Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, threads. Very, very long. Search for us. You will find us there. We'll be back to walk the Formula One grid every single Thursday, and we sincerely hope that you join us. Today just felt like that the grid the the that the Jets don't have a quarterback. The Jets still don't have a quarterback, and it didn't feel like a grid walk, but at least the Eagles won. Go birds.